Welcome to the PBJ Connection Podcast. This will not be televised. Knowing there are thousands of other podcasts to choose from, we're glad you're here listening to us. If there are any topics you'd like us to cover or you have a question or a comment, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a message at pbjconnection at gmail.com. Hello, listeners. This is PB and J here again to talk about all things <laughs> and many things. Uh, happy 2023. Uh, if, if you didn't hear any previous recordings, I'm going to say it now. Happy 2023. We're here in another year. and So this will not be televised. We've, we've kind of like changed the format a little bit and allowed our, our listeners to provide input into our podcast, what they're interested in hearing about, and we will continue to listen to our listeners and do the research and find out as much as we can. So today's topic is kind of, uh, it's important at the same time, it's something that is not being televised. Jay and I were talking about uh, foreign land, uh, well, U.S. land that's being held by foreign companies and, and owners. And we were just amazed and shocked at what we were able to find. And so we're going to just kind of hop into this in just a general conversation. So, Jay, you know, we were looking at this uh, this Congressional Research Service document, the proposal that went forth in Congress last year, in 2021, um, talking about the range of, uh, or the amount of foreign investments and ownership in U.S. land uh, in agriculture as well as uh, forestry. And so we were just amazed that, because both Jay and I knew that there were countries that were buying up, you know, farmlands in the United States, but we did not know the magnitude in which it was being purchased. And this has been going on for years. Yes, China is one of those countries. We know that. They are in Back in, was it 2013, Jay, that China bought up Smithville hams? Yeah, it was uh, 2013, and I don't know, you and I were talking about this last night, I don't know if they originally bought, like, a section or whether, you know, like a, you know, a portion of Smithfield or whether it was the whole enchilada. I don't remember, and I, I will be honest, I, I, I just don't remember, but I know that in, in 2013, I was like, what? Right. China's buying our, our Smithfield ham company? What's up with yeah. that? Yes. Yeah. But then at the same time, another Chinese company came in in 2022. Okay. And that company ended up buying up Smithville. Okay, so maybe it was some kind of a um, uh, a buyout or something. Buyout. Maybe it was a buyout or maybe they changed the name of the company. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, because all this, all this information is reported to USDA. And they're the ones who, who are supposed to be doing the tracking of, of farmland and ownership. And so and so. found... And so I'm going to, yeah, so so what we're talking about, um, it's kind of a mixed bag. It's not only um, land that has been purchased by foreign countries, but it's also companies that have been bought, you know, what used to be U.S. companies have been bought by foreign countries. 
in the general infrastructure across the United States that, again, as Pam mentioned when, when she first opened, these are things that people are probably not hearing on the news or reading in their local newspaper. And so we, we think it's important for, uh, you know, to kind of plant the seed and, and uh, bring it forward so people can start thinking about it. Right, absolutely. And the thing is, just, just like we were, you know, let's kind of go back. So when these, you know, these farm bills were, were brought before Congress, well, this new farm bill to kind of prohibit or limit, I don't know if they actually wanted to prohibit you know, foreign countries from buying U.S. land, farmlands, and, and forestry. Um, when it was first brought up in in the 2021, of course, that that died on the on the vine, as Jay mentioned it, and it, it didn't go anywhere. So now we're into 2023, and this new proposal is out for the farm bill. Well, that was 2021, I think, when the original came out. And then the 2020, 2022 came and nothing happened. Now we're in 2023. And whether anything will happen under the, the new farm bill, we don't know. But this is just something that we have an opportunity to have to weigh in on, to, to you know, go to our representatives and talk to about it, what, hap what is happening to the farmland. Because these companies, are not necessarily provide, they're not only providing uh, food for the U.S., but they're also providing food for their own countries. So they're exporting their products over to their own countries and feeding them. And so to have that much control here in the United States, to me, is scary. And, 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 and not, not only that, right. It, so and in the process of, of doing that, they're using resources that other farmers, other entities are need. And uh -huh. if these uh, companies who have bought these, these properties are overusing those resources, then it's the United States people right. who own adjacent uh, properties who are losing out. Absolutely, absolutely. Because, I mean, even when you think about the water supply, yeah. that's needed to, to operate these farms. You know, the thing is, when you have farms that are that big and producing that much, you know, these little small farms are, are able to be sustainable over time because of the fact that, one, they can't sell their products in large volumes. You know, and some of these farms that we talked about, that we're talking about, they may have been in the family for generations. They may have, you know, but however, and, and Jay made an observation that I had not thought about, is that when you think about generations, some of the younger people in these families may not want to do the farm, may not want to even go into farming. However, so what they can do is sell the farms, and they can sell the farms to pretty much anybody. So these companies are able to come in, these foreign entities and companies and countries are able to come in and kind of you know, take rain, or, or buy whatever, offer a price of, that, you know, that will satisfy the seller, that will satisfy the seller. And, and if they have to bid, if they have to try to outbid someone who, you know, maybe, a, you know, somebody just, some Joe who wants a, a farm, 
they are able, they have the financial resources to go ahead and, and outbid those those small farmers right. in order to, to, to reach gross profits. Right, and, and I'm going to, so uh, when Pam found this report, this Congressional Record Service report, um, here's, here's the kicker that really made me gasp. Um, the existing federal requirements, the existing federal law today, as we are talking about this, there are no restrictions, I'm reading right out of the report, there are no mm-hmm. restrictions on the amount of private United States agricultural land that can be foreign-owned. Foreign mm-hmm. persons or entities may be eligible for certain USDA farm program benefits. Yes. I mean, wow. <laughs> yes. If, if they meet the same requirements as domestic persons or entities. Um, current law imposes no restrictions on foreign persons or entities with respect to eligibility for crop and livestock insurance premium subsidies. If Does that make sense? So subsidies, if, <laughs> if, if, if folks don't know what that means... Subsidies means money from somebody else to help them make do. Right. Um, and so, <laughs> and so for, for existing state requirements, I'm reading right out of this report. Some states and localities have instituted restrictions on foreign ownership of farmland. And by the way, um, Pam and I made a note that this is all farmland we're talking about. We're not even talking about commercial, you know, regular no. non-farmland. This is just farmland. Absolutely. Um, It says, in this report, no U.S. state has instituted an absolute prohibition on foreign ownership. USDA has identified 339 counties in Iowa, Kansas, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin as having the strictest prohibitions on foreign ownership of agricultural land and other non-agricultural real estate. So at least there are a few few states that have some prohibitions. But, but but very few. Yeah. And, cons- and considering what those states grow, could it sustain us over time? Well, it's you know <laughs> well, you you talked about you know resources like uh, water, and we're talking about mm-hmm. aquifers. We're talking about um, if anybody's been paying attention to the news about uh, some uh, states that are are drought right mm-hmm. now. Uh, Colorado mm-hmm. River, I think, uh, is yes is. Uh, almost dry um, or you know compared to what it normally is I think Arizona is in dire straits I think um, what was the other state I heard about um, was it Utah Pam do you remember what the other state was it was mm. having um, issues with water mm. um, I want to I say I want to say it was one of those those Midwestern yeah states. it's just and I'm not sure but it's it, it is these farmers, here it is. Those states are, they're in dire need of water. In dire need of water. And you were mentioning about the um, some of these states that actually have to still have bottled water brought in because of the fact of the, of the, the pipes, the, of the system itself, you know, the contamination and so forth. Oh, that was another article that I sent to you. I think it had to do with how much lead piping is still right. in the United States that people either don't know about or they have no they don't have the means to fix right. because the infrastructure has not been addressed within the United States. Absolutely. Yeah. And these people are a lot of them are unaware that this is even happening, Jay. And and that's why this podcast for us was important because 
you know, we can't address all the issues in, in one podcast, but we can, at least we can bring forth the issues that gives us the, the greatest concern and hopefully gives our listeners the greatest concern about what is happening here in the United States. I mean, I know that some of our listeners are not in the United States and, and would love to come to the United States, or, you know, <laughs> relocate to the United States. But there are so many issues here in the United States that, you know, does it make it attractive still? Yeah, I'm sure it does. For some countries, yes. For people in, in some countries, yes. The United States is still an attractive place to come. But be aware when you come into the United States or, you know, if you're a resident, if, if, you, uh, if you are a U.S. citizen, understand this. The things we do today will impact the generations to come. The things we ignore, those two will be an impact on the generations to come. And they'll look at us and say, why didn't they do anything? Yeah, what kind of future are we leaving our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren? What what are we, we're leaving them a pile of problems. More than they can handle. Yeah. More than they can handle, because as long as... As long as there is a dollar is feeding all of these um, initiatives that are going forward. You it's know, all about the money. Gonna, it's all about the money. It's mm-hmm. all about mm-hmm. the money. And so at, at one point, at some point, either if, if the um, selling of U.S. land, farmland, continues on, on the way that it's going, where it's owned by foreign entities, then yes, we will be the subjects of those foreign entities. And they will control not only our prices, which they're doing now, which we know, they're, they're controlling prices in the grocery store, the gas prices and so forth. They will control not only that, but the disbursement of those those resources. And so, so, so I'm gonna bring up, so you know how I am, Pam. Mm-hmm. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna bring up something that only my my crazy brain comes up with. And if mm-hmm. you think about the United States and probably other countries, they probably have spies and they have plants in when and I say plants, I mean now. It's so <laughs> so here we go. I have to bring this up. So we are probably spying in other countries. We probably have people living in other countries, you know, yes. surveilling and taking notes and, and collecting information. And if anyone thinks that that's not happening here in the United States, can you imagine if the the, the land that's being purchased uh, by foreign countries, not necessarily our allies, but our adversaries, can you imagine what might look really benign to us? Because we're just, you know, minding our own business, doing our normal thing, our routine, you know, whatever. Uh-huh. But in the meantime, you know, they've got some complex sophisticated something going on and we are completely unaware you know right. of what might be going on in some of the, the the areas you know where um land has been purchased and Absolutely. that goes along with what you and i were talking about that uh chunk of land next to the uh, military base yes the military base it's, it's grand grand forts air force base in north dakota and here it is their, their plan is because it was purchased by the the Chinese, um, their their plan is is for uh, 
of corn milling plant and biopharmatation, as they say. <laughs> yeah, because, you but know, China is such a, I mean, Asia, <clears throat> that continent of Asia is so small, they would have to come over here to do corn milling, right? Yes, right. <laughs> why, why would they go anywhere else to do corn milling? <laughs> that's, that's what I It has to be in the United States. I mean, it has and, to be there. <laughs> and, of course, it has to be near a, a military. Well, of course it does, because who <laughs> wouldn't put, you know, corn milling plant next, you know, within a stone's throw of a military base? Absolutely. Talk about protection. I mean, come on. <laughs> come on, Pam. <laughs> When I heard that story, I was like, oh, my gosh. Hey, but there are people who, who are not even aware of some of the stuff that's actually going on. So, yeah, it does cause a lot of concern for us. I'm just going to kind of give you some some numbers and figures of, of the countries that are actually owning land. China alone, let me just start out with them. China alone in 2022 bought over th- almost 400,000 acres of U.S. agricultural land. That's just and for that's, one year. One, just one year. One, one year. Yep. And that's only 9% yeah. of what has been bought by foreign entities. 09 percent It's not even 9%. It's 0.9%. So when you look at it, other into, uh, foreign entities, we got Canada, which is number one. Then we have the Netherlands. And, then, and I'm saying these in order. The Netherlands, and then we have Italy and the UK, and last but not least is Germany, who has bought up approximately 0.2 percent. So Canada is pretty much, and it's supposedly there are allies. They've bought up one one percent of of this is just in 20 that was in 2021, um, but that alone is when we're talking about it. As when you talk, think about the number of acres, we're talking twenty nine point one million acres, and that's just for US land. and that's just U.S. like agriculture. That's not even that's, including other types of land, correct? Right, exactly, not including other types of land, and of course, the, the USDA. This data is not inclusive because there are some countries that are not even listed in this report. Yeah. And I think they just took the greatest number, but there, of course, there's other countries, and I'm, I'm sure everybody knows about the Saudis buying up all the golf courses, you know, here in the United States. So we are going to be, we were a country that could, was pretty much self-sustaining at one time in history, and now we're becoming, we're moving into being, you know, everything being sustained by someone else. And out of our control, and that that includes our prices, um, our crops, our timber, because they have to also include forestry in this this as well. So when you talk about timber, you know, what can I say? We're we're, we're being we're being sucked dry. Well, dry. yeah, and and what interests me, I think more than anything about that is that. It's not the fact that, well, no, that, no, I take it back. No, that bothers me too. Um, So (laughs) I'm thinking about when other countries are buying land and utilizing resources that 
are now because they're using them, they're unavailable to citizens who live here and have to make a living. Right. I mean, if they're exploiting our resources and they're shipping their products or whatever they're doing back yes. back across, you know, exporting it back to where, you know, their country instead mm -hmm. of selling it here, you know, for consumption by U.S. citizens, right. we're, we're not reaping any benefits. In fact, we are, it's to our detriment that they're using our resources and just like you said, water, land, mm -hmm. Um, right. other electricity, um, anything like that, where they're using our resources to make money and send stuff back to their country. Absolutely, because you remember, I think it was, I want to say either somewhere between 2013 and 2015, remember when the, the Japanese came here and they were buying up all these cattle ranches, right, and cattle farmland, right? And what they were doing... And it was a big report that came out, which I remember, it was a big report that came out on 2020 um, about the, the, the cost of beef in, in Japan. And so they came here, but of all these, these cattle ranches and, you know, um, and, and ended up sending those steaks and that beef back to their country. And so, I guess that's why Texas is one of the largest states that is, that even though Texas is a large state, but it also is, has the greatest number of foreign entities that have bought the land. Washington, I, the land. I can tell you Washington state is when I, when I lived there, mm -hmm. that what you just described was going on or it already happened. And they, the, where I was working, I'm not going to name names, but where right. I was working at the time, their clients were Japanese, Japanese. because they were, they had the cattle farms. They were, what's right. that, uh, that, that expensive beef that is, um, uh, that so Wagyu, what, the, the special beef that it's, you know, they, they treat the cattle in a certain way, give them certain feed and so mm. that the beef is super duper expensive. You know, those, that right. kind of thing. And I'm not a beef eater, so I can't even fake it yeah, to know I'm what not. I'm talking about here. Right, but. right. Somebody knows. I, I'm not a beef yeah. eater either, yeah. you know. Yeah. If so. it's not T-bone or something that I had, had tasted <laughs> yeah. before, and it was less than 20 bucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I, I remember yeah. that. And that, that was in the 90s, because mm -hmm. I left there in 2001. Wow. So that was in wow. the 90s that was going on. Now, it could be yeah. that it's, you know, was happening in other states or maybe it blossomed. Right. But exactly. again, using United States resources uh, for all that and then all the products going back overseas. Seas. Mm -hmm. And money, lots of money being made. Lots, lots of money, lots yeah. of money being made. Yeah. It's just, you know, I, it, this episode is kind of, it's really disheartening, but at the same time, it's eye-opening because it, it gives us a glimpse into what is happening in the United States. It gives us a glimpse into what is happening in our lives, not only in our lives, but how we see our future, the future of, of the United States going forward. You know, what can we do? It's really up to you. You know, Jay and I minds work to find the facts, you know, it acts to find the facts, but we 
put this information out there to give the facts in order so people can make decisions for themselves. Um, I'm going to be, Jay, you know, I got a garden waiting, but I'm just waiting for that cold snap to, <laughs> to break because it's like, you know, certain things I know I can end up growing myself, you know? Yeah. And, and it will save me some costs on the long run, but at the same time, I will learn how to, you know, grow my own because, yeah, I, I've been on farms before and I've, and I hated it. You know, I I hated, you know, my aunt telling me to go out into the garden and pull some lettuce and tomatoes and cucumbers yep. Yep. so we can make a salad. And I only thing I remember, I'm gathering up all this stuff and I'm bringing it in the house and I put it in the sink and all these bugs are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you got to cut out the weird parts right. that are, you know, look like they're decayed right. or... Some kind of animal started eating it, and you got to cut that off. And yeah, yeah, exactly. But my aunt was smart. She was smart. Now this was years ago, you know, and I was I was a young, young girl at the time, and I didn't understand it. But now I understand, you know, the importance of being able to, you know, to to grow your own, you know, in order to feed yourself. Well, you know? we talked about how much. In our last podcast, we talked about how we have more power than we know. And oh. that includes the power to not buy high-priced products and find another way, like growing a garden, like you just said, mm -hmm. um, by using your voting power, by don't take it for granted that your, your vote doesn't count, because it does, even in local uh, local elections for your uh, city, county, and state elections. Some people I know only vote in federal elections. They say, yes. oh, you know, the other ones yes. don't count. They yeah. count. In fact, they have counted more now than I think they ever have in the past. Absolutely. And uh, folks should not take their right to vote for granted. Um, Absolutely. And it's not only your vote, but it's your voice. Oh, and because, for, oh, yeah, don't, yeah, 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 you know, protesting and and boycotting and um, petitions, petitions, and, and writing yeah. to your rep your state Write letters, letters, yes. and even if you have to fill up their their mailboxes or their email addresses until they're tired of seeing your name, yes. at least they can get a response from it. The squeaky and then, wheel. And, yes, and the more that we do, the more we do collectively. Yes. The more we do collectively, it's hard for them to ignore because remember, they work for us. Power in numbers. You got that right. Yeah. They're working for us. They're representing us. Right. Um, we put them in office and we can take away that power from them. Yeah. And here it is. It's like it's like you or I on our regular job. If you know, if if there's a threat that we will lose that job, believe me, we start doing things differently. And yeah. that's what we're gonna have to hold them to to start doing things differently. Well, our viewers, it's time for Jay and I to wrap this up. Another session, another episode. Look forward to having you back with us again. If you have any topics you'd like for us to cover, or if you have any questions or comments, that you would, we would love, love, love to hear from you. So send us a message at pbjconnection.gmail.com. And so we'll be, we'll be really vigilant to get back with you ASAP. And if it's an episode, we'll let you know that we're going to put that on for the episode so that you can hear your subject, your name 
on our podcast and we will do the research for you. But the thing is, we need to know what people are thinking, what people are concerned about, you know, how, how, how they feel life is turning out for them in, in a place where we should all be thriving and surviving. And don't forget to follow us. Hit that follow button, everybody. To our viewers, be well, stay well, and stay informed.